And welcome back to another edition of Pastor Plex Podcast. I'm Chris Pluggenpole here with James Foster, one of the incredible associate pastors here at Wells Branch Community Church. And I am so grateful for his sermon this past Sunday where he took on the text, Revelation chapter 12. How'd you feel about that, James? Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me preach and thanks for having me uh, conquer a tough text yeah. of Revelation 12. I mean, 12. How, much, how much pressure did you feel to really deliver on Revelation. Oh man, uh, Revelation sermons take me about four times longer than a regular sermon because there are like four views to look at <laughs> for each thing, and then there's a lot more discerning and weighing of all the opinions, and then discerning what's okay, what's actually legit, and what do we believe? Right, and, be, and, and I think this is where it's really difficult. Uh, there, there are pretty much four views of Revelation, and um, we're not really gonna get into what those four views are right now, but. I do want to talk about one specific question, which really kind of comes up, which will kind of hit a couple different views. Uh, and the question that we got this week is, so our church, meaning Wells Branch Community Church, sees the millennium or a thousand years of Revelation as a literal thousand years. If we are to read that literally, why don't we read literally read other things in Revelation, such as Satan being a dragon? Is Satan an actual literal dragon while simultaneously being an actual literal serpent? If some things are literal and some things aren't, how do you or we? pick and choose what we want to read as literal and what to read as imagery. Well, I'll start off with, with you on that one. Uh, how do you want to take the, the thousand-year reign uh, of, of Christ's reign on earth? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and the, the simplest answer I could give is that the things that we take literally are the things that make sense to take literally. <laughs> and the things that we take figuratively are the things that would make sense to be figurative. Uh, figuratively interpreted. So for Satan to be a dragon at the same time as a serpent, as the, at the same time as a fallen angel leading the rebellion, that's a bit confusing, right? Right. And so it makes sense that, okay, these other images are added to really give us a better understanding of who Satan is and uh, how he's operating. And, and not that we need to get into like uh, shapeshifters or anything, but it would seem that... Uh, Satan was a literal serpent because the revelation calls him the ancient serpent. Uh, and that's when he lost the, the serpent lost its legs and became a snake. And, um, and then you've got, uh, you've got Satan seen as a dragon who battles the archangel Michael. So it's not that you are different. He, Satan is different things at different times. Um, and you know, so he comes in as angel of light but he is full of darkness. And so you're going to have a different uh, view. So again, with angelic beings, it's really difficult to pin them down and to put them into earthly context. However, I think there are some things uh, that uh, we could look at. For example, Revelation 19 uh, says that... Um, sorry. <laughs> trying to figure out where I was going to go with this one. Um, that, so, and sorry, there's a couple things. Christ, when, when Revelation talks about his return will be on earth after he, he returns. And so that we find that in Revelation 19. I think that's where I was going to go with that. Hmm. Um, let's, let me just read it for you. Uh, in Revelation 19, then I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like the flame of fire and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he called is called is the word of God. 
The armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth come a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with iron, with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Well, obviously, that's talking about Jesus, and he is coming to reign on earth. Now, is it does he actually have a sword in his mouth, or does his mouth have the power to kill? Uh, either way, I, mean, I think that's the part where you're looking. But what we know here is that there's an actual uh, establishing of Christ on his throne, and not that uh, believers are just sucked into heaven, which I feel like is where people who don't believe in the tribulation think that, what God is talking about is the spiritual reign of Christ in the hearts of people of what is going to happen for eternity. And there is no millennium. There is no return of Christ in the way that we're thinking about. It's just ultimately life will get better and better and better as more people become believers. And I think that that just sort of misses it um, as far as an interp interpretively. Uh, now, I think you can believe that and still be a Christian. I don't think it messes with your salvation. I just think it isn't faithful to what the scripture is saying. To kind of your point earlier is that scripture is written in the context of for some things to be symbolic, like poetry, and some things to be non-symbolic. So when I look at that passage from Revelation 19, does he actually have a tattoo on his on his thigh? Uh, maybe. I mean, there's, there, to me, sure, it, yeah. it doesn't feel like anything is off the table when you're dealing with the God of the universe and scripture. And so when it comes to a thousand years, is it really a thousand years, or is it that just a period of time? Well, I mean, if God knows all the days, and we're confident that he does, and he, this is where I go back to Daniel, and he predicted when Jesus would come, mm -hmm. and then there's a gap of time between the 69th and 70th week, which is the age of grace, and then all of a sudden you've got the 70th week, which is um, the tribulation. I feel like that, to me, makes the numbers make sense. How do you take it there, James? Yeah, absolutely. I think looking at the consistency with the, the numbers with Daniel, and then going to Revelation and seeing such similar language, the time and times and half a time uh, used again, and then the 1260 years, uh, those are the 1260 days. Those are very specific and uh, also reflect that 70th week uh, language of the, the half of a week being that great tribulation. Um, and so seems to make sense, and those numbers uh, make a good case that it would be a literal thousand years, which well, is where we land. Where yeah, I land yeah, and, I, and I'm, I just don't see any evidence, like or um, anything to lead me away from that. Why not take that literal? Um, if it's not literal, fine, fine. Uh, but why not go with what God's word says, as opposed to saying this is what happens with a lot of people. They go, well, that's symbolic, or and I think that you can get loose with the interpretation when you do that with the rest of Scripture. Um, you know, for example, is how do we is Jesus really called the Word of God? Well, we know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I think you go from John one to Revelation nineteen, uh, and you've got the appearance of the thousand years. Uh, to me, it all makes sense uh, when you read it literally, but you've got to understand the context. Um, are the scorpions going to be real scorpions? I don't see why not. I think sometimes people have said that those scorpions are actually going to be helicopters or whatever because it's going to have the sound of rushing waters. And I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe. Um, but I, I feel like what makes sense is just go with what the text says. And I think when you go with what the text says, uh, for the most part, you're going to be fine. It was Satan an actual dragon? Yeah, I think he was an actual dragon. Was Satan an actual serpent? Yeah, I think he was an actual serpent. That's what Genesis says.
Mm-hmm. So I feel like I feel like when we're, we're when we're looking for things to be symbols, and we're not allowing them to be legit, because over and over again, there are times when there are symbols. For example, in Revelation twelve, it's the symbol of the woman in the star. Right? I think this is a really great uh, point. There, it literally says the word symbol. Am I right? Am I making that a great up? sign? A great sign, and I think that's symbolic, right? You you can kind of mm-hmm. go with that. Um, so I feel like that's a part of it where we can kind of miss uh, that there's a sign or there's a symbol. And whenever there is a sign or a symbol, um, we can get, um, well, we can kind of get overly um, messed up. I think the part that I was thinking was Revelation 11. Uh, and when they had finished their testimony, verse 7, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. Talking about the two witnesses. And their dead bodies will lie in this street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and Egypt, mm. where their Lord was crucified. Well, symbolically called Sodom and Egypt, but where their Lord was crucified, that's actually Jerusalem, right? So I think there is sometimes when, when Revelation wants to be symbolic, it lets you know this is symbolic. Yeah, absolutely. Which is very helpful for saying, what would we decide is symbolic or what would we decide to take literally? Yeah. All right. Um, let me, let's see if there's some other things in uh, symbolic world. Yeah. I think that that's the only place I want to go with that. All right. Well, why don't we wrap that up and we'll see you guys next time for another edition of Pastor Plex Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Tell a friend. We will see you next.